Scientists from the Max Planck Institute for Astrophysics have discovered a distant galaxy that looks just like ours. New research shows how the brain keeps track of time. A new study finds that changes in a weight of a person between 20s and 40s can have a direct effect late in life. Finally, in political research, we discuss one recent study that explored voting by mail and partisan turnout. And a second study evaluates how the technology behind cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin could be the future of voting in elections. All new ideas and discoveries on this episode of Tiger Minds. New discoveries and innovations in science, politics, finance, and culture that direct the course of our future are reported daily in academic journals but rarely make it to the mainstream news. These research journals contain transformative ideas and discoveries from the sharpest minds around the world. In this podcast, we study the research papers and bring you the main ideas so you stay sharp and prepared to make timely and intelligent decisions. I'm your host, Daniel Fengon, and you're listening to Tiger Minds. Good day, folks. Today, we start in the outer space. Astronomers have revealed the discovery of a new galaxy that they have named SPT0418-47. Not an exciting name, but definitely very exciting what the discovery was. What's interesting about this galaxy is that not only is it extremely distant and therefore a very young version of a galaxy, but it looks surprisingly like our Milky Way. The galaxy is so far away its light has taken more than 12 billion years to reach us. But what surprised astronomers was that this galaxy was surprisingly unchaotic. Now, we will get into why that is interesting and relevant. Now, since this galaxy looks a lot like ours, it gives astronomers an opportunity to ask the question, what can we learn about the origins of the galaxy by tracking its evolution, since it's a younger version of the Milky Way, and how it evolved over time? Off the bat, early evidence about this galaxy has been quite contradictory to most models, since it has been surprisingly less chaotic. This is very important because current theories postulate that at all galaxies in the early universe was turbulent and unstable and that the Big Bang led to create a more organized and less chaotic state. In the early universe, young galaxies were still in the process of forming. They were forming stars. So this process of forming models predict them to be more chaotic and lacking any distinct structures typical of more mature galaxies like the Milky Way. This discovery does not support this model and in fact contradicts those theories. Now, not only did this galaxy form stars at a very high rate, in other words, more stars were being born at a high rate, and thus it is a highly energetic galaxy, this galaxy is very much ordered. Now, galaxies have different categories. There are elliptic galaxies, there are spiral galaxies. These all define the shape of the galaxies. Now, the Milky Way belongs to the spiral galaxies category. And astronomers note that possibly this particular galaxy might not be headed towards a spiral format, more of an elliptical shape. Now, why is this important? This unexpected discovery suggests that early universe may not have been as chaotic as once believed and raises many questions on how a well-ordered galaxy could have formed. Now, future studies in this field will explore how these typical baby disk galaxies, as they are now called, really are and whether less chaotic galaxies are more typical than earlier predicted, opening up a new field of research for astronomers to discover the evolution of galaxies. 
Scientists at UT Southwestern Medical Center have developed a way to image how time fluctuates in specific cells. All physiological systems have periodicities, or activities that happen at fairly regular frequency. In the human body, you must be familiar with the circadian rhythm, or the circadian clock. This is the internal clock in our bodies that keep track of time. In the human body, it roughly translates to 24 hours. Now, this new research that has been published in the research journal Neuron, scientists believe this is a really important resource for understanding the study of circadian rhythms. Up until now, there hasn't been a very solid way of measuring or estimating how time evolves in these cells. Now, when we talk about time, we think about a clock. The body has its own inbuilt way of a master clock, if you will, that keeps track of time. Now, nearly every cell in humans and mice, which is the um, common model system in neuroscience, has an internal circadian clock that fluctuates on a roughly 24-hour cycle. These cells help dictate not just hunger and sleep cycles, but also biological functions such as immunity and metabolism have all been linked to the circadian rhythm. Dysfunctions in the circadian clock has been linked to many diseases, including cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, as well as uh, sleep disorders. How the brain computes the clock is quite complex and very interesting. A small part of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN for short, takes in information from your eyes about the contrast in your environment. In other words, environmental light and darkness, the cycles of light and dark, are taken in through the eyes, and this particular cell integrates it with the body's master clock. And as a consequence, the SCN keeps the rest of the cells in the body synchronized with each other. While the SCN network, or the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which forms a particular network in your brain, has been known for a while, this new study showed what kind of neurons or cells are really essential for this synchronization or synchrony of the whole SCN network. And the big reveal using this method was that they identified a particular type of neurons known as arginine vasopressin neurons, AVP, are involved in this process. This really opens up a new avenue of research to check how dysfunction in these cell types in the brain can disrupt the rhythms in these networks and the body that can underlie complex neurological metabolic diseases. Coming to fitness research. Now guys, we all know how important it is to remain active, eating right, maintaining our fitness, especially during this quarantine time that we all are staying and working from home. We need to find ways to stay fit. Now, a new study finds that changes in weight between young adulthood and midlife may have important consequences for a person's risk of premature death. Published in the Journal of American Medicine Medical Association, this study found that participants whose body mass index, or BMI, went from obese range in early adulthood down to overweight range in midlife halved their risk of dying during the study, compared with individuals whose BMI stayed in the obese range. On the other hand, weight loss after midlife did not significantly reduce patients' risk of death. The researchers estimate that 12.4% of early deaths in the U.S. may be attributable to having a higher body mass index at any point between early and mid-adulthood. Now, there has been some conflicting views of the validity of the body mass index, the BMI, whether it takes into account ethnicity, their body types, and information of that type. But this is an important new finding on the benefit of maintaining a healthy weight across the life course. 
The researchers used data from 1998 through 2015 for 24,000 participants from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. The participants were 40 to 74 years old when they entered the study, and the data included participants' body mass index at age 25. The researchers then analyzed the relationship between the BMI change and the likelihood that a person died over the course of the observed period, and they controlled for factors such as gender, past and current smoking habits, and education level. The researchers found that study participants whose BMI went from the obese range at age 25 down to the overweight range in the midlife were 54% less likely to have died than participants whose BMI stayed in the obese range. Instead, these participants with an obese to overweight trajectory, in other words, those who started obese and went to overweight, now overweight is below the obese category in, on the BMI index, had a risk of death closer to that of participants whose BMIs had been overweight all along. Now, this points to the time frame at which weight loss should be done that makes a big difference. Now, the researchers go on to point out that about 3.2% of deaths in the study would have been avoided if everyone with a BMI in the obese range at age 25 had been able to bring their BMIs down to the overweight range by midlife. Now, we all know the, the value of maintaining a healthy lifestyle. This research offers some link to start off fitness goals as early as possible. Finally, in political research, we have an exciting study to discuss. We are in an election year, guys, and in here in the United States, and most likely a large group of people across the country are thinking about voting by mail to account for COVID restrictions. And there has been concerns from politicians and as well as people around the country whether voting by mail is more susceptible to fraudulent activities. Voting by mail means there has to be a person or a human that is doing the tallying up of votes and that naturally can induce some sort of uh, suspicions as to the validity of the count. And so there has been a lot of questions and concerns about this process. So a recent study performed by scientists at Stanford University in California considered the states of Washington, Utah, and California, three states in the United States, that implemented universal vote-by-mail in a staggered fashion across counties in the past. Now, the main punchline of the research paper was that voting by mail did not appear to affect either party's share of turnout, and that the vote-by-mail does not appear to increase either party's vote share. This is also a concern, whether there are certain communities that will be able to do this process better than others, which means will we see an increase in vote share of a particular party? And this study pointed out that both were not the case. Interestingly, there was also a minor increase in overall voter turnout, which is, makes sense because if you don't have to leave the house, you don't have an excuse to not go to vote, thereby increasing the voter turnout. Now, the data that was used was voting by mail data from 1996 to 2018. So that's about four presidents and six presidential elections. Of course, uh, while this paper points out that there was no difference, that this does not necessarily seem to affect voter turnout or uh, partisanship, what needs to be noted, of course, is that this represents about 6% of the entire nation. This is only three states. And importantly, I think this does not account swing states 
which are the states that don't necessarily have a party affiliation. And so a similar analysis on those states would be a lot more convincing than this. Given the uncertainties of what our future holds, there seems to be an interest in developing a new methods for reliable voting. And a new research has suggested the use of blockchain technology for evaluating votes by mail. Now, wouldn't it be great if there was a self-tallying system that took out the actual human element of calculating votes that would cause some errors? Now, the blockchain technology is the same technology that forms the basis of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and made headline news since 2016. And researchers have been considering the use of blockchain for voting. Now, what is blockchain and why would this be useful for voting in the future? Now, a quick primer on what blockchain is. A blockchain in its simplest terms is a time-stamped continuing list of unchangeable records of data that is managed by a cluster of computers not owned by any single entity. Now, if you can picture an Excel spreadsheet or a spreadsheet of some sort, and it is being copied over and over and over again, such that there are thousands of duplicates of the same spreadsheet across a network of computers. Now then imagine that this network is designed to regularly update on its own, update this uh, spreadsheet on its own. This is the basic idea of blockchain. So a common spreadsheet that's been copied over and over across multiple computers such that it is accessible by everyone and owned by no one. The three main properties of blockchain technology is quite evident from that example. The main property, the first main property of blockchain technology is decentralization. A decentralized system means now there are copies of the spreadsheet across multiple computers owned by nobody. You can't just delete the spreadsheet and it's gone forever. So decentralization is the first key property. Secondly, transparency. Now, any transaction that is made on that spreadsheet, any record that is added to that spreadsheet, the identity of that person is, of course, secured. But you will still see that there was a particular line added to that spreadsheet or a transaction that was done from their public address. And thirdly, unchangeability or immutability. In the context of blockchain, it means that once something has been entered into the blockchain, it cannot be tampered with. It cannot be changed. Now, how does blockchain technology affect online voting? Here are three principles that we discussed that make it ideal. Decentralized, such that it is not one person or one entity, one company, one party that is owning the data. Transparency, everybody is aware of every single transaction or entry into that system, so every vote can be seen on there except their identity is secure. Unchangeability, any change, anything added to the blockchain spreadsheet is there forever such that it cannot be changed. So this makes it a great option to consider blockchain for future voting practices. Of course, there was another paper that suggested that blockchain might seem like an interesting idea, but research from MIT has pointed out that blockchain could possibly add more security concerns than the typical set of voting practices. Regardless, we are looking at an exciting future for voting that ensures a fair, reliable, and transparent election. And that's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Minds podcast, where we bring you new ideas and discoveries on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tiger Minds Podcast. See you next time.